up you guys and welcome back to the televised podcast my name is anna and today uh we're going to be talking all about uh, batwoman episode 118 and supergirl episode 517 uh which was melissa minoy's directorial debut which is so cool but we'll get into that later um <laughs> Uh, I do just want to say thank you really quick for the amazing support that you guys showed uh, last week's only Batwoman recap episode, uh, which was really fun to do. And I, I love talking about Batwoman because it is just such a good show. And I mean, it deserves all of our love and support, uh, you know, as much as we can give it right now and always. Um, but yeah, so... Thank you for uh, not being super mad that I didn't talk about Supergirl last week. Uh, <laughs> um, also, I do want to apologize. If you hear any weird noises, it is my dog. He would not leave my room while I was uh, recording this episode. So, there's that. Just, uh, yeah, so just ignore any, like, he makes, like, these weird, like, snorting noises. It's a, he sounds like a pig. But, so, I don't have a pig. I have a dog. <laughs> and he's in my room so anyway with all of that being said let us talk about Batwoman um some I uh, this is uh, obviously not going to be kind of like a extensive recap of Batwoman like last week um I just kind of want to hit like the big things especially because the end of this episode had so much that was like you know just like really big moments um and I mean Honestly, I thought the episode was really, really, it was really fun overall. Like, this episode was really fun. It was really um, funny to see Mary kind of be, like, pushed to the side. And then, you know, she ultimately, in the end, redeems herself as a very important member of uh, the Bat Fam. Um, but it's it's just, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, really cool. And I loved that they were able to explore not only Mary's feelings about her wanting to be on the team, but also, like, Luke. Like, Luke, you know, he was kind of like, I can't risk losing you and Kate and Julia. Like, everybody's in there. Like, I cannot let you go in. And then, you know, like, I, I really liked that he was able to kind of, um, I like that he was able to show his feelings for Mary in that, in those kind of moments and, like, um, Oh, and then there was, like, the gross-out moments with... At least I was grossed out. I don't know about y'all. Um, I was grossed out uh, by Tommy um, getting uh, his whole entire face removed, which was, you know, a lot. Um, but it's really cool because now we actually get to see Hush on screen, which is just so cool. I'm so excited to see that, and, and we really, I mean, we really didn't get to see, I mean, we saw him with the bandages all over his face, um, you know, in the, uh, in the episode with, with Alice while she was sewing him a new face, um, uh, but in the trailer was when we really saw Hush, and they, and they finally called him Hush, and it was so cool. I'm so excited because he's a really cool villain uh, in the Batman comics. So I'm just really excited to see him uh, end up on screen. And I think he looked great, like, after they put the bandages on because I was really grossed out when he had no face. That was really, that was really gross. Um, yeah, so, and then Alice. I love that Alice kind of has this, like, gang of villains to pull from. We, I know I talked about it last week, but 
it, it just feels really cool that she's got like, you know, Magpie and Tommy and, and Mouse and basically anybody she wants from Arkham to kind of like pull from and, you know, to have as a part of this kind of like evil villain gang. And I'm, I'm really excited. I thought that was really cool. I, I loved that kind of... Um, squad aspect of it like not suicide squad but you know what i mean like kind of like a a a villain gang and i i like that i like that a lot um one moment for alice because she didn't she didn't have a whole lot of like heartbreaking moments it felt like a really um it actually felt this episode for alice felt more like a early season one episode you know kind of back before we started to really dive deep into her backstory um you know, so this one wasn't like, uh, we're gonna break your heart every two seconds, but they did have a very heartbreaking moment, um, where Alice, uh, was confronted by Jacob Kane, who went to go visit her at at the jail, um, and he was saying something about, well, because they, they said that Tommy, like, killed himself, but, you know, obviously they put his face onto somebody else's body, which, again, disgusting, um, And he's like, Alice, like, I know that you know something about this. And she's like, listen, even if I didn't know, I wouldn't tell you. Or even if I did know, I wouldn't tell you. Like, you know, F you, Jacob. I hate you. You, like, you locked me in here. Like, what the hell? Um, And, but it was really sad because there was this one moment where she looked at the guards and she said, usually when they have a visit, she said, usually when they say I have a visitor, it's followed by, just kidding, like, oh my god, like, they, you know, like, they're so mean to her, and she doesn't deserve it, and then she also said, you know, she's like, I don't know anything about Tommy, but you know what I do know is I know it's impossible for someone to heal from the trauma of being locked in a cage while being locked in a cage, and it's just, you know, like, she's still so hurt by, Kate and Jacob and I think it's really interesting how because you know when we see her with Mouse and when we see her with Tommy you know because she's like I don't it was really interesting because she when we see her with Mouse she's like you know I don't mind this place like let's run Arkham like let's run this shit you know Uh, But when she's with Jacob, she breaks down and she's like, you know what? I need out of here. Like, you need to get me out. And I, I kind of love that she, and it's really sad. Like, I kind of love that she's always kind of loyal to to Jacob and to Kate. Uh, Because I think that if Kate showed up and said, hey, Alice, we're going home and you're going to come with me, I think she would go because that's her sister, and, like, this is her family, like, she loves them so much, and no matter how much she loves Mouse, or how much loyalty she has to Mouse, or how much she enjoys running Arkham Asylum, it's never gonna compare to her finally being able to be with her family, you know, and, and so that's what she wants, and I think that this episode was a really cool kind of, not really an exploration of it, but just kind of, like, very plainly showing the difference of Alice between when she's with her family and when she's with a mouse or Tommy or whoever. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, so, uh, then, so Magpie is out and, well, okay, so everybody's basically running around in circles trying to get this journal. Um, and, 
Alice wants it, Tommy wants it, uh, the gangsters want it for whatever reason, um, Julia wants it, uh, we think for crow reasons, but we find out later that it's not for crow reasons, um, and Magpie, well, Magpie wants it for Alice, anyway, it doesn't matter, the only thing that matters is everybody wants his goddamn journal, and so, um, Mary shows up because Kate got kidnapped trying to steal this journal. So Mary shows up and she saves Kate and Julia and Julia was kidnapped as well. Um, and then so Kate ends up with the journal. Finally, she takes she nabs it from Magpie. Um, and then she goes down to the bar where she earlier had found Reagan, the hot bartender who she had a small fling with at the beginning of the season. And she's like, hey, you want to go home? Like, you want to go to my place? How's that sound? Um, but when she wakes up in the morning, the journal is gone. And, yeah. So we find out that Magpie is actually Reagan's sister, which is really cool. Um, I actually, I don't know if there's, like, a comic character that's, like, Magpie's sister. But I would like to see her as a villain. I think that'd be really, really fun uh, for Kate to be confronted with someone that she used to have, like, a fling with, um, you know, being a villain. Um, so also, at the end of the episode, we find out that Julia is a double agent. She is, she was actually not working for the, like, British whatever agency, and actually she's working for, like, a private employer who hired her specifically to get Lucius Fox's journal. So now she's with the crows, but she's also a double agent. And that will be really upsetting and really interesting to watch. I was actually really upset when I saw that. I was like, no, Julia, are you kidding me? Um, but I think it'll be really interesting because clearly she's got a lot of feelings for Sophie. And, I mean, she still loves Kate, even as a friend. Um, so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see just how um how her feelings come into play because I don't think she can betray Sophie I don't think she could or like there's gonna be you know so many more levels to it if she has to so I'm really excited to see how that turns out also um next week Hush is coming which I talked about before but so anyway Alice Alice ends up with the um the journal at the end of the episode, but Mouse says, oh shit, and Alice is like, what now? And turns out the whole thing is written in code, so they don't know what it says. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm really excited, though, to see where our next couple of episodes of Batwoman go. I'm really excited just to see, you know, like, what's going to happen. I thought this one was really fun. It was really, you know, it was just kind of like a club, like, kind of romp. Like, you know, like, we got to see, like, Mary kick some ass. Julia kick some ass. We got to see Batwoman be all tied up. And I like it when heroes uh, need help from people because I love hero teams and so I thought that was really fun um and the last like five minutes of the episode was like bam Reagan is actually Magpie's sister bam Julia's a double agent bam uh the things in code bam hush in the trailer you know it was like boom 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 it was insane but yeah so I'm really excited for the next episode and I thought everyone did such a good job of this episode like it was so fun it was just it was so good <sighs> yes
anyway, so now is um time for Supergirl. This episode of Supergirl, uh, this episode was a lot. It was exposition, the episode. It was, oh brother, wherefore art thou, part two, basically, or like the remix. It, it was, brother, where art thou? It's not wherefore art thou, it's where art thou. Brother, where art thou? The remix. It, that's literally what it was. Because um, it had everything that that episode had and it did it worse. <laughs> Melissa did an amazing job directing and I will get into some of the things that I noticed uh, about her directing because it's so different when it's, you know, Melissa who's directing, you know, these scenes and especially thinking about like the super corp scenes and stuff. So I, I will be getting into that because I think she did a fantastic job. Um, it looked beautiful. It was awesome. But um, I do want to say that the... <sighs> So, I do have, like, an actual valid reason besides my annoyance with everything about the show right now uh, as to why this episode didn't work. So, for me, the episode just didn't work in terms of the overall story that they're trying to tell. The reason that the this story worked last season is because... Lex was the bigger bad. You know what I'm talking about? Which I guess he is this season, but (sighs) the reason that it worked last time is because that whole time, like, even we as the audience didn't know what Lex was up to, especially in concerns to Red Daughter and whatever. Like, they teased it throughout the whole episodes and stuff, but they, you know, we didn't really know. Like, there was no clear picture of his plan. You know, it still was, like, very revolved around Agent Liberty and all all of those people. Uh, You know, so that was what kind of made it really interesting was, like, oh, oh, this is what's happening behind the scenes of all of this. Because, you know, no one knew. Not the audience, not the characters. You know, no one. It was the reveal to Lena is what was happening. Like, Lex was revealing his grand plans to Lena. So that made it really interesting. And I feel like you can't do that kind of episode twice. You know, like, you just can't. Because it's too specific and and that trick of over-exposition really can only work, like, one time. You know what I mean? Like, Because then it gets exhausting. Because then you're like, well, we're never... You come to expect, I guess, now that you're not going to find out anything useful about this whole entire story that they've been telling until one single episode explains the whole thing to you. But that's not really good storytelling. Like, you're supposed to build up a story throughout the whole entire season. Like, that's the point. But they really only showed it through flashbacks in this episode, which was so annoying. And it was just like, what? You know, like, again, like, it worked in the past, but it didn't work now. You know, because the thing is that this time, we know that Lex is the bad guy. And we knew, like, what he was doing. Like, because we saw most of this stuff We just didn't know what he was doing with Eve, and we didn't know what he was doing specifically, 
but we knew pretty much all the details. It was just kind of like, well, let me elaborate. Let me elaborate. Like, but you could have elaborated during the episode and then we wouldn't have had to do all of this exposition again. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know how to really like describe it because it was, it just, it just didn't work for me. Like, the only, because there was only, like, literally one twist that was surprising, and that was the twist about Jeremiah's death, because I was actually surprised that it had a, an actual plot motivation and that it wasn't just random. <laughs> like, that was the shock. I was like, wait, that wasn't just because you forgot that he existed and then you're gonna just, like, kill him and then that's it? Like, to get Alex into VR? Like, I thought that that was really interesting, uh, that Lex was behind that. Um, so that was at least a little interesting, but besides that, again, like, they didn't have to do all of this stuff. They could have added another episode to their season, you know? Like, they didn't, they wouldn't have had to waste their time on all of this exposition if we had just been clued in as the audience, because, like, and, and again, like, that would make the whole thing even more frustrating uh as an audience member but like in a good way because there's two types of frustration when it comes to tv shows there's the bad kind which is what i'm feeling about supergirl right now but then there's the good kind where you're like oh my god like the the dramatic irony of it all like we could have had this whole entire dramatic irony storytelling going on but they didn't like we as the audience could have known stuff and supergirl doesn't know stuff you know but they didn't, and they just decided to do this exposition dump. So that gives me the great pleasure of going through it all with you guys. And I watched the episode twice, and I took so many notes because they dropped so much information. And it just it was really stupid. Okay, here we go. Um, so we start out with the Leviathan granny dead on the ground. Apparently her name is Margot, or at least it was when she was alive. Again, which feels like such a stupid ending and such, because this is the character that has been around since the end of season four. So we've been with this character and we've been teased about this character, someone that we basically know nothing about besides the fact that she works for Leviathan since for literally a year and uh, all of a sudden she's dead. Like, okay, all right, uh, okay. So then we see Lex being a hero. He, quote, saved all of the baked potato people. Um, Willie shows up and it makes no sense um, because it just doesn't make sense. Like, Especially considering what happened at the end of the episode, because then we circle back around to this moment, because this is like, oh, present day when Lex is like saving these people, and then we throw it back, and then we come back to present day to end the episode. Yeah, so the, the, it just, the thing is that Alex was literally with Jean when they end up going to, to find the place. Like, she was literally with him at the tower. She was with him. And Alex is supposed to literally be his partner in crime. Like, Jean. Like, literally to be his partner at the PI investigation place or whatever. So, like, why didn't Alex go? 
she could have done all of this exposition, like, whatever, because Willie says some stupid shit, and then we learn some stuff. Um, and it just was so stupid. Like, she's literally Jean's partner. Like, why wasn't she there? It just didn't make sense. Um, okay, so then we have a crisis recap, which ends in Lex waking up being a hero, um, and then he decides to manipulate Lena again, and also Lillian is always calm and chillingly cold on any earth, no matter what. She's very scary. Um, and then she says something, she's like, and yet it was the Kryptonian's friendship with your sister that spun you out. Like, she's basically saying, like, so you could handle the fact that Kara can, like, sneeze wrong and blow the earth apart, but you can't handle your sister being friends with her. Like, it's so funny. Number one supercorp warrior, Lillian Luther. Um, okay, so then Lena wakes up and she laughs Lex out of her office, which is now his office, or apartment. I guess they're in Lena's apartment. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so she's basically pointing out that Leviathan is a thing, um, and she's ahead of him, and he begins his plan to make Lena his ally, which honestly is truly the only, like, development that they've actually done well this season. (laughs) I was talking about this earlier on Twitter, um, I mean... I'm not saying that I like what they've done with Lex and Lena, but it makes sense. Because, again, obviously, Lena is very hurt. And post-crisis, Lex has done nothing but treat her well. Like, that's the thing, is, like, we all know that Lex is evil and Lex is terrible and Lex is mean and Lex does all this stuff. But he's treated Lena, at least to her face. You know, obviously, he's we learn that he's done terrible things behind her back. But, at least to her face, he's been nothing but kind and the caring brother that she's always wanted. And again, she's vulnerable. She doesn't have her little robot anymore. Hope is dead. Um, And uh, Kara, obviously, is not, you know, a viable option. She lost all of her friends. You know, she just needed somebody. She needed somebody to lean on. And Lex decided to make it his mission to make it be him. And he, he did it. He succeeded. He manipulated Lena so much that she just kind of like, but she, you know, she's just so vulnerable that she can't recognize it. And, and she really has no reason to believe that he's not being sincere because he's acted the same ever since crisis. So, um, yeah. And, uh, but I'm also wondering, like, how did Lena know all that stuff about Leviathan? I'm sure it came up, like, at the beginning of the season, but I wish that they had refreshed us about that instead of what happened during Crisis, because I think we all remember Crisis, but I do not remember Lena being all knowing about Leviathan. So then we see Eve again, and listen, when I tell you that Eve carries this episode, I mean it. I love Eve. She's so good. She's such a great character, no matter what version of her it is. And she straight up carries this episode. She is a badass. And it's really sad to watch because Lex manipulates Eve um, and makes her a double agent against Leviathan who murdered her father and threatened to kill her mother. Um, So she decides to work with Lex so that she doesn't have to kill anymore. Um, And Lex says that he's going to guard her mother. uh, But later we find out that he is not going to guard her mother. Um, So Eve then gets a job at Obsidian on the Platinum Project. Um, She mentions to Lex the glitch where people get stuck in VR. Um, 
okay, so this is where the exposition really gets heavy. There's this whole entire scene with Lex and Eve where basically he breaks down uh, what has been going on for the whole, like, half a season with him. Um, so he says, he's like, okay, basically, my plan with Leviathan is to take the code that Brainy made to make someone immortal via computer, which is what Toyman did. So, okay, we found a use for literally only one part of that episode. <laughs> um, so, you know, because you remember Toyman died, but he uploaded his consciousness to the internet and lived forever, or he would have if... Wynn did not do whatever he did. Can't even remember. Anyway, so <laughs> um, he basically decides, he's like, all right, so we're going to use that, but we're going to reverse it. We're going to pull an Uno reverse card and make Leviathan unimmortal by using this code that Brainy thought up. Um, so Eve is like, but what the hell? Like, they're going to notice this glitch and what are we going to do about that? Because it's you know, it's his plan. The glitch is his plan. Like, the people being stuck in VR and their consciousness being uploaded to the system forever is his plan. And so, Eve's like, what are we going to do? So, Eve, it's her job to work at Leviathan, or excuse me, to work at Obsidian and to stop Leviathan from being able to fix the lenses, um, which will force them to cover it up. So, Lex is like, I'll basically be the guy who's covering it up for them. So, then they'll owe me money or a favor, you know? So he can get onto this Leviathan ship that they keep mentioning, which I assume is like a Noah's Ark situation, because I'm sure that they're planning world destruction, like always, and I'm sure that this is kind of like a Noah's Ark situation, because I think that they did that. I think they were responsible for that, for, <laughs> for the flood. Um, okay, so then, sorry, it's a lot of just, like, it's heavy, this stuff. It's crazy. Um, so I'm just trying to get through, huh, all of this stuff. So then we find out that Lex is responsible for basically what is a domino effect, uh, with Richard, who is the one who created the, like, torture chamber inside of, uh, VR, which is where Alex got stuck when she was looking for, um uh, that person that her and Jean were investigating the disappearance of, um, during, I think, Nia's episode, right? I think during Nia's episode is when that storyline was happening. Um, so yeah, and so he's gonna help Amy Sapphire, which, again, is, uh, so no, that wasn't Nia's episode maybe I don't remember the way that they did this episode makes it even more confusing to remember when this shit happened especially because it aired a month and a half ago the last episode did anyway so Amy Sapphire was the one who um was blaming Obsidian for her husband's death and she said that it's addictive and that you know you'll get stuck and trapped in there so Lex decides he's gonna help her to attack Obsidian and he'll offer up Supergirl to protect Andrea and Obsidian, and that will prove himself to Gemma, or Gameney, uh, the leader of Leviathan. 
So then Lex buys Eve a huge apartment and Eve is in love with Lex and believes that he's kind and sincere and it made me so sad to watch. Um, but also in the lab, so this is the one thing that does not actually get like fully resolved in this episode, like that they introduce. Because, you know, during this episode they introduce a lot of things and you're able to put the piece together because of what has happened in the past on the show so far this season. But this is something that we don't know the answer to yet. So, in the lab, Lex makes a rat disappear. Or a mouse. I don't know. Maybe it was a mouse. I don't know. Um, he, but he was, like, using Q waves or something. He literally says, like, something like that. Like, so we don't know what he was doing. Um, and because he, like, had two mice in two cages and Eve was there and he like pushed a button and the waves were going or whatever and then this little mouse just vibrated out of existence and that's very interesting and I have a feeling that he's gonna try and use that on Supergirl um so okay then then we go to the facility where the facility that William found the one where they were keeping the baked potato people and Eve is like all right look everything's working just as we planned you know, we've got the, um, we've got Leviathan convinced that we can't fix this glitch. We've got, um, uh, this creepy old lady Margot. She's responsible for picking up all these people that just keep dropping like flies. You know, she's keeping them all here. And they basically just like boil down this character to an evil granny in middle management who is, Eve literally calls her a mean old hag. And again, like that kind of thing just like makes me mad it's like dude you built up this character since the end of of season four like literally episode 22 of season four you've built up this character ever since and all of a sudden she's just like oh she's just a mean old lady like she doesn't mean anything it just feels gross and you're like oh thanks for like because, you know, we had so many theories about different comic characters that she could be, like, whatever. Turns out she was nobody, and we're all stupid. Like, it felt like a, uh, this is a way, like, over-exaggerated comparison, but it felt like a, a Snoke situation. You know, like how in, in The Force Awakens, sorry, it's, it's, um, Revenge of the Fifth today, um, so I'm really Star Wars-y today. Um, and yesterday was May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so in The the Force Awakens, you know, we have this, like, Grand uh, Emperor Snoke or whatever that was set up to be this, like, huge character and, and people made theories and everything. And then all of a sudden they're like, he's nobody, gets cut in half, you know, like, whatever. It was just so stupid, like, in the next movie. And it feels like a spit in the face. And this kind of does, too. It's like, oh, well, she's nobody, then why spend you know so much time making her this like character that is to be feared but it turns out she's just middle management like she's not even anybody to be scared of oh my god anyway so then we have this twist with lex that was again actually so good this was the only like good thing <laughs> like the only good twist that happened this episode uh which was lex saying jeremiah killed eve's dad and making her kill him she received from Lex this poison that was supposed to be undetectable and make it look like he had a heart attack or something. 
and Eve went and gave it to him in his remote location, wherever the hell he was. And, uh, yeah, it was good though. It was a good surprise. Um, I mean, obviously we as the audience know that that is Jeremiah Danvers and not, uh, a Leviathan agent. At least we hope not. Um, so that was a big, like, oh shit. Cause again, it was like, oh, that was like actually connected to something and not just like a random ass moment. Like, (laughs) anyway. Oh, so then we get to one of the best scenes in the episode. So Lena and Kara are at the Obsidian launch and Kara storms out of the room, very upset about Lex because he's just gone on a world tour promoting Obsidian and getting it into the hands of millions and millions of people around the globe and Kara knows that he's up to no good. So Lena is actually the only one in the audience who notices her and follows her out, even though William is standing right next to Kara, which again, this is another moment where it's like, dude, the romance is here, but not with Kara and William. It's with Kara and Lena, like, very clearly. Um, so even though, yeah, so then Lena shows up in Kara's office to apologize about Jeremiah and offers her sympathies, and she's so hesitant, and the scene is really awkward, but it's also wonderful. Like, it's very hopeful, and you could kind of feel them slipping into these old habits a bit. Um because, you know, with the two of them, it, it, they're just, like, magnetically connected together, you know? And and Lena acknowledges Kara's monumental loss, um, which, you know, holds more weight now that she knows about Krypton. I mean, you know, obviously Kara didn't tell her those things, but she, she knows what happened to Krypton. You know, she can assume what happened to Kara's family and her life and her planet. Um, and she knows all the lore about Supergirl, you know, like, (laughs) she's finally kind of, it seems like this moment, she's a little bit reconciling the two of them in her head. And this is the first time that Lena has seen Kara as Kara since the second or third reveal, (laughs) you know, where Lena revealed that she was playing her. Um, and also Kara, uh, acknowledges the pain she caused by saying that she'd treat Lena like a villain, which, uh, was wonderful. Um, but Lex catches them having this moment and he's like, no, 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 no. And so we see him then lash out at Lillian and basically confirm that Kara and Lena are quantumly entangled. Um, cause basically y'all remember when Lena asked Kara about quantum entanglement in season two. And Kara gave her kind of like this dreamy look and yeah, and we've all kind of latched on to quantum entanglement since. Well, Lex basically confirms that if left alone, Kara and Lena would very easily find themselves back together because they are quantumly entangled. That is how it be. Because uh, quantum entanglement is like uh, two atoms or something that will always find their way back to each other because they have this kind of like magnetic pull to each other and they're bound to each other forever. And that's what Kara and Lena feel like to me, you know? Like they they just feel like like they're entangled (laughs) to each other and, and they'll always, always find their way back to each other. And without Lex meddling, that interaction between the two of them could have been the start of something wonderful 
and beautiful between them and a reconciliation that we could have had. It felt like five steps forward for them, which was so good. And it gets squanched. <laughs> Thanks, Lex Luthor. Um, and I love Brenda Strong in this episode. She's so good. She's so brilliant. She's so evil. <laughs> and whenever I see her on Supergirl, I'm always like, oh my god. You know, I'm always like, geez. She was so, she's always been on this show so underutilized and just so, um, yeah, just, like, underutilized as a villain. Like, same on The 100. Like, she was so underutilized as a villain on The 100. Like, she was there for, like, two seconds and then they killed her when she could have been, like, the coolest villain ever. Anyway, we're not here to talk about The 100. I could go on forever about season three of The 100. Um, but anyway, so, uh, I love, though, that in the episode, they basically confirmed that all of Lex's journalism, or excuse me, all of William's journalism is just information fed to him by Lex. Like, he's not even, like, a real journalist. He's just, like, a pusher of Lex propaganda, basically, um, which is so funny, and I love that. He's literally so useless, and speaking of him, he shows up at Kara's apartment and brings cookies and says he needs their help. Um, and in this moment, Danson get, like, two seconds of screen time, and I think Kelly says maybe, like, three or four words total in this whole interaction. Um, but before Willie showed up, Kara was actually reading Lena's book, though, and she was actually, like, understanding it, and she was like, maybe she's coming around. It was just really nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, I did see somebody on Twitter point out that it's crazy that Lena's manipulative and abusive family can recognize how important Kara is in Lena's life, yet they have Alex pushing uh, Kara towards a man she doesn't even like and diminishing Lena's importance. She's like, wow, can't believe Lena even, like, talks to you after what happened. Like, what? Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like, Lex and Lillian treat in that scene, they treated their, their friendship, their relationship, like it was just absolutely reverent and just, you know, everything and their quantum and quantumly entangled and they're magnetically attached to each other and they're two halves of the same whole. And Alex is like, oh, well, hmm, Lena, what are you gonna do about her? We're gonna throw her in jail. You know, like that kind of thing. It just like is so stupid the way that they use, um, Alex to push all of this stupid shit they do and it makes me feel so sad for Kyler especially because this is like what the fourth time that they've had Alex do something really stupid and we're all like what the hell <laughs> so anyway Lex convinces Game Nay that her event is at risk uh from Supergirl and that he needs to pull something drastic to get people into VR on their own before anyone can tell them it's dangerous and this whole thing is is ridiculous, but that doesn't happen yet. Hold on. So he manipulates Brainy into helping him again while also rubbing salt in the wound about his friend. He suggests that Myriad as is the only way to track the Q waves to find these missing people that are all missing, um, that have been stuck in VR for so long and people can't find them. Um, and so he's like, basically, you're going to have to reverse the, um, effect or the reverse the, the, the way that Myriad works, like basically Uno reverse it and, uh, you'll be able to track, um, 
the Q waves because it, it will like turn them off and Jean will be, it will turn off like the blockers that Obsidian causes to Jean's um, ability to find and read people's brain wave energy. <sighs> Lots of exposition. So Kara decides to go use Myriad, but she doesn't like it. She literally says, fine, I'll go use it, but I don't like it. <laughs> so Lena is, is monitoring her non-whatever project, and of course Lex pushed Kara to use Myriad because then Lena wouldn't trust her anymore. Um, so she uses Lex's watch to go there, and Lex sent what basically looks like a dominator, can't be bothered to remember what the name of the alien was, and, <laughs> but it's invisible. She's an invisible dominator looking son of a bitch and so um to cause chaos basically um so lex excuse me selena shows up at the fortress of solitude and she's like hey supergirl what are you doing with a myriad you told me that myriad was not good for anybody to use and kara goes on the defensive she's like whoa 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 I'm using this because I have to find missing people, Lena, <laughs> you, that your brother stole. And Lena's like, my brother didn't steal shit, my guy. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. And also, I can name four ways off the top of my head to find missing people. And Kara, ever stubborn and righteous as Supergirl, she says, well, I don't need your help. Get out of here. You're trespassing. And Lena is like... I'll leave when you stop using Myriad. And Kara's like, no, get out. And Lena says, you know, to think I was being sincere to you at CatCo. And I guess you're used to being two-faced. Which, again, and the thing is, too, that, like, they're both in the wrong here, but Kara is even more in the wrong. Like, I think in this moment, we're supposed to see Kara as in the wrong, because she is. We know, and and the thing is, too, that we know who's behind all of this manipulation anyway. Like, it's not either of their faults that Lex set them up this way. It's just the way that they reacted because they're both hurt. And Kara, one of her main character flaws is that she goes on the defensive and, like, when she's about to be hurt, she gets mean. And... That's another thing, too, is, like, you know, Kara, the last time she was at the Fortress with Lena, was trapped in a block of ice and kryptonite. That didn't help the situation at all. Um, and Lena, you know, she sees Kara as these two separate people again, because, of course, like, Kara was being nice to her at Katko, but then now she's like, well, you know, you're just a Luther or whatever. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see how they can come together because I like I need them to know that this is all like set up by Lex like that they would literally be back together if it was not for Lex and if they don't find that out before the end of the season I'm going to be really upset. Um. So anyway uh, the invisible little dominator alien guy lets a sun eater out that they had sitting in the fortress of solitude for some reason and it pushes people into vr which doesn't make any sense <laughs> like if your life was in immediate day because i think okay people have been pointing out 
well, okay, I've been talking about how this whole entire technology storyline feels extremely fumbled and tone deaf, especially in the state that we're living in right now, um, where we're using technology to keep connected with the people that we love uh, in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, And I think that, you know, there's something different about that versus what happened on Supergirl. Because <laughs> on Supergirl, there is a literal alien about to attack the sun, and everyone's like, well, better go into VR. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. If your life was literally, if you were driving, and like, because that's the thing, is some people were driving, some people were on their tractors, like, it was like, what? If you were on in your car and all of a sudden, like, something crazy happened, would you really go into VR? Like, no! If your life was in immediate danger, like, you're not going to do that. But, like, I would believe it if it was, like, all of us at our house, you know, and and there's a global pandemic outside. Yeah, I would go into VR. Hell Yeah. Like, that's what we're doing right now anyway, is not going into VR, but, you know, kind of living our lives through the internet as of right now, and, but that just, like, felt so stupid, and it just felt so, it just felt so ridiculous, you know, especially because of the current situation that we're in. It's like, dude, if your life was in immediate danger, you are not just gonna sit there and put in your stupid lenses. That's so stupid. Anyway. So, then Magan randomly comes back and she's like, Hi, I heard you guys are in trouble. And uh, so her and Jean team up with Kara, who is wearing a Lexo suit because they modified it to basically become like a sun bed um, so that she could recharge because the sun eater sucked up all the sun out of her. Um, I mean, maybe they should have just had her touch some grass. <laughs> That is still one of the best and most funny scenes of any Supergirl episode. Take the grass, Cora. Anyway, um, so she's gonna, they're gonna shrink the Sun Eater and save the world. Um, but the damage is already done because people are like, hey, VR was cool. Like, you know, it took me out of the fear of that moment, which again, really stupid. Anyway, so then Lex pretends to wake up all the people and he shoots Margot. Um, making himself the hero, um, and it just, there's this moment where Kara gets lectured by Lex, and it is so frustrating, and it's like, watching Kara get lectured on her own show by a man for being a bad hero or whatever, again, it just feels so stupid, so frustrating, so ridiculous, and it just feels disrespectful and awful. Um, yeah. Takes me back to season two, ladies. Y'all remember that? Anyway. Um, so then Game Nay, she turns into Ultron. <laughs> she straight up looks like Ultron, just like the way that her face looks like metal. Anyway, so she looks like Ultron and she electrocutes Lex, which was funny. Um, but anyway, so he basically connected the uh, old Leviathan lady, Margot, to Amy Sapphire and made it seem like Leviathan wasn't attached to it at all. They, 
used an image inducer on Eve to make her seem like, to, to record this video of the granny basically saying, technology is evil and I agree with Amy Sapphire and I took all these people because I wanted to prove that technology is evil. Said like a true boomer. <laughs> um, so he says to get everyone into VR at once, but says they also must kill Supergirl because she will always foil their plans. So now Gemma is after Kara, which is scary because she's an immortal alien and she's ancient and probably more powerful than Supergirl if I had to guess. So that's terrifying. So then the episode, at the end of the episode, uh, Lex reveals to Eve that he used her and he doesn't love her. And actually made her kill Supergirl's dad. So now Eve knows Kara is Supergirl because I'm sure that she can connect the damn dots. Um, and says that he's going to kill her mother if she crosses him. Um, he has video of Eve killing Jeremiah that he'll pass on to Supergirl if she tells anyone. Um, Eve says, you're worse than Leviathan. And he says, not worse, better. And it's just like, he's such a frustrating villain, and I'm so sick of seeing him on screen. I'm so sick of it. Listen, John Cryer is the best Lex Luthor we ever, we've ever had, but he's taken over the goddamn show, and it's so great, because Mr. John Cryer on Twitter, he's so good. He <laughs> he literally tweeted out, he was like, not... Uh, what did he tweet? He said that there wouldn't be as much Lex in the last couple of episodes. He said that he's, he's not, it's not, he used some kind of hashtag that was really funny. It was like, not, not too much Lex or something like that. It was really funny. It just, I love the way that he responds to people's criticisms of the show and people are very nice to him, um, about that, uh, which is nice because we should all be nice to the actors and stuff because obviously they do not write the show. Um, uh, but he is also just always really, really nice about criticism because I, I mean, I think he genuinely like believes it and he feels it and he knows where we're coming from and he understands, which is really nice. So that's really cool. Unlike some people, David and Stas. Anyway, um, so now he knows where the fortress is because Lena, of course, used his damn watch to get there um and now he's in there he's in the fortress of solitude and that is where we leave him uh, so yeah the episode was a lot honestly it was a lot and uh, not in a good way <laughs> it was a lot of exposition it was a lot of uh, just a lot it was just so very much and uh, it was just, like, so frustrating and, and ridiculous, but, I mean, I, the thing is that, like, I enjoyed the directing, especially. I thought it was really, really good, especially, you know, like, when you take into consideration that Melissa was the one doing it, um, there was one thing that I did want to point out that a lot of people have pointed out by now, but I, I definitely wanted to touch on it. Um, in the fortress scene, there is one single beam of light that shines down in the background of a two-shot between Kara and Lena, and Lena is the one who winds up in the light, which again is kind of another reason why I think that Kara was not meant to be like the good guy of that scene. Like we're not meant to agree with Kara. I mean, both of them are in the wrong, but Kara is especially 
in the wrong at that moment. And so Lena landing in the light, you know, it makes me think of the past episode from last season, um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, where Lex says, you know, while the whole of our family, like, is in a dark shadow, you will always fall into the light. And that's just like what that, that's just what that made me think of. And, and it was a really beautiful moment. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like the episode was fine. It just, again, it's like too much Lex, too much stupid, too many stupid characters that we don't care about. Like this episode had so many characters that were like the focus that we just don't care about like the show was called supergirl we care about supergirl we care about alex we care about jean we care about brainy we care about lena and it's like we don't care about lex <laughs> we don't care about game nay we don't care about margo we i mean we care about eve because she was she was good in this episode but it was like oh, come on and again another thing like i mean you know now finding out that at least, you know, in this situation, they kind of, like, knocked William down a peg because I would have been really mad if it was, like, Nia that they'd had reporting and all of her reporting, like, all of her journalism was literally just, like, fed to her by Lex Luthor and she was a Lex Luthor propaganda puppet. I would have been really mad about that. So, I'm, I'm actually really glad that they, um... I'm just really glad that they didn't do that to her character. But I mean, again, I would have much rather had her be the one that was working with Kara to investigate Lex. And then they could have just like avoided that whole thing in general. But I mean, whatever. I would rather it be William that has his journalism, you know, kind of like tarnished by Lex than Nia. So kind of glad about that. But again, like we saw like what, two seconds of Alex this episode, two seconds of Kelly, zero seconds of Nia. Um... It just, like, is ridiculous to think about all these characters that used to be the core of the show. Like, especially Alex. Like, uh, Alex always had something to do in season one of Supergirl. Always. Even if it wasn't, like, agreeing with Kara. And now it's like, you know, she's nobody. She's, like, in the background. Like, they don't know what to do with her. It's ridiculous. Um... And also, but th this is a, uh, this is totally off the topic of what I was talking about. Um, but one thing that I did want to talk about is uh, Kara's characterization and um, about how the way that they wrote her this episode kind of makes no sense. I mean, it does, but it doesn't at the same time. It does because Kara is stubborn as hell. But it doesn't because, it's like, dude, she literally just said at the tower that she did not want to use myriad she was like i don't like this i don't want to use myriad i don't i don't like this and so lena shows up and she offers her four different ways to find these missing people and then all of a sudden she goes on the offensive and she's like no i need to use myriad to get out it just like i mean it made sense because kara is stubborn as hell and especially when she's in that supergirl get up she hates to be wrong because the thing is that when Kara is wrong, people get hurt or people die. So as Supergirl, she needs to stand by and be sure of every single choice, every single decision that she makes. She can't falter. At least she doesn't believe she can. And I think like that's one thing that that, that moment kind of proved to me that, you know, she is righteous and she but she just like feels like she can't mess up. 
because she's Supergirl, like, when she's got the suit on. And it doesn't help that Lena treats her differently when she's Kara and when she's Supergirl, because it's not helping Kara to reconcile the difference between the two of them either. Because Kara hardly ever gets to actually be her full self with anybody. I mean, you could argue that she gets to be herself around Alex and Nia and the rest of the super friends, but even then, not really, because Nia is always going to look up to Kara as Supergirl. You know, she's always going to be like, you know, you're a hero, you're Supergirl, like, what do I do kind of situation, or, you know, looking at her in that way, and Alex, the same thing, like, Alex sees her as Supergirl, somebody somebody that she has to watch over, and somebody who is a burden at some times, and, and things like that, and, and, and Jean, you know, sees her as backup, <laughs> or, like, he sees himself as backup to Supergirl, like, whichever way, you know, so there's never, like, a moment where she really truly gets to be, like, Kara Zor-El with anybody, um, and so it's hard for her to reconcile the difference between her two identities because she's almost always Supergirl. And that's what she said to Lena, you know? She's like, I just wanted to be Kara. And I wanted you to like me because I'm Kara. And and I think that that is something that they've got to work out. So I'm really interested to see what's going to happen in these next couple of episodes. The trailer looked pretty good. And I think that the description was something about Nano Cherry going wrong and Lex and Lena are in danger um, so I can only hope that it will kind of be Kara saving Lena and then we can get moving with the reconciliation because it's time. It's truly time for them to come back together. Um, but I did talk about, um, at the beginning of the episode, I talked about the ratings. They were horrendous. So, if you have a minute, you want to stream the episode on the CW app, please do, because uh, Melissa does not deserve horrifying ratings for her directorial debut. So, if you could, it would make the Live Plus 7 look way better if you did that. Um, I'm sure that part of the reason is because Killing Eve airs at the same time. There's so many other things airing on Sunday nights at that time. Lots of other options that people would rather watch, and they'll just DVR Supergirl, which is what happens most of the time. So, yeah. Um, but it could also be people being fed up with what is going on, which is a tr- probably part of it, too. Um, uh, yeah, but anyway, so give it, give it a watch if you can. But anyway, I think that that is all for me today. I hope you guys enjoyed this recap episode. Um, if you did, leave me a comment on YouTube or you can tweet me at TelevisedPod. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know your theories about Batwoman and also Supergirl. Let me know what you think is going to happen. Are you ready for Kara and Lena to just make up already? Because I know I am. Um, and yeah, you can follow, subscribe, rate, like, share all the things uh you could leave a review on uh apple podcasts that'd be awesome and i will see you guys next week